right, welcome in. It's the NFL DFS No House Advantage NAJ Strategy Show, and we have you covered for the next 25 minutes as we build a winning ticket. Myself, Greg Ehrenberg, he's going to be doing the heavy lifting when I say we and build, but all of that in order to win you money and No House Advantage, you have the seven props, as you can see, Mike is in the house producing, and the confidence level from starting at seven those points all the way down to the one point. That's where we really test Greg with his plays, how confident they are, and we can associate them with a number. We can assign his confidence to a number starting at seven all the way down. Greg, my man, it's always a pleasure just talking about all the new updates to your home. Everything else going well? Yeah, man. Uh, other than, so uh, apparently Joel Embiid, and I have to I have to bring this up to Eitan now because this is a conversation we were kind of starting, but then we had to start the show because, you know, we have work to do. But You're trolling yeah, me, aren't you? No, Joel Embiid uh, apparently has had a lot of issue walking after yes. games the six have played in, and that is, he's been really sore. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, I think there could be a little bit of uh, edge to be gained by potentially betting the Sixers to miss the playoffs or something like that right now. But uh, maybe a story for a different time. For today, we've got... <laughs> Thursday night football, no house advantage talk yes. about. And by the way, these Thursday night games, you think you've got a good one on paper, right? Most of these games stop there's injuries and whatnot. And then you look ahead on the schedule. All right, we've got Cardinals, Packers. What could, what could possibly go wrong in this one? Devontae Adams, COVID, Alan Lazar, COVID. Looks like neither of them are going to play. So shorthanded Packers team and the Cardinals, pretty significant favorites at home here. No, you're right. And, uh, you know, we'll bounce around. We'll start with the quarterbacks. And I think at the very least, compared to last week, it's better on paper, but you're right. There's something about these short weeks, especially outside of Brady and the Bucks taking on the Eagles. Again, it comes back to shorting Philadelphia. We've seen teams just struggle a little bit out of the gate and maybe not the expected points that we get right away. Maybe the second half or just taking some time. So at the very least, it's not Denver, right? At the Teddy Bridgewater, we at least have two quarterbacks and Rogers and Murray. And you're right with Devontae out but there are some dynamic players, at least on paper, heading into this game, as opposed to just starting a show as we've had, like, whew, we've got dog shit tonight. Yeah, and that's going to be something that's kind of interesting. We start to talk about some of these Packers wide receivers a little bit later. I know we're going to start with the quarterbacks, but, you know, there just aren't really guys to really look at and know how it's advantage. But the the absence of some of the, the, the Packers wide receivers, I do think it's going to impact Aaron Jones and his viability in this game. And I think it's going to impact the overall yards we could expect from Aaron Rodgers. So let's start with Rodgers. And for NHA, a no-house advantage, you only have one of the choices. So you can't play all three props available for Rodgers. So I'll give you what they are, Greg, and we can start with the one that you like, and then we can assign a point value if you are super confident or just maybe a little over the top. The passing yardage is 279 and a half. He's sitting at two and a half passing touchdowns and a half interception. Well, I, I like the under for the passing yards, but I like the under for the passing touchdowns even more. Two and yeah. a half is a really, it's a really big number for a couple of reasons. And it's not just that we have Devontae Adams and Lazard out. It's also that Devontae Adams is such a core part of the red zone plays that the Packers run. And how often do we see the Packers get to the one yard line? They run little quick hitting passes, Devontae Adams. You know, they're running, they're running uh, uh, fade routes towards them in the corner of the end zone. And that's not an option that Rodgers has anymore. So I do think that once we see this team get inside the five-yard line, they're a little more apt to probably try to run the ball with Aaron Rodgers when, uh, with, with Aaron Jones when they don't have Devontae Adams to throw the football to. 
So if you look at the projections that we have up on our side, we only have Rodgers projected to throw for 1.56 touchdowns in this game. The idea that he gets to three is a pretty big stretch. I think we're going to see more of a run-heavy game from the Packers. So I think the under for Aaron Rodgers' passing yards also makes sense, but not quite as strong of a play, in my opinion, as the under for passing touchdowns. And right off the bat, I'm going to say that is my seven-point play. That's the one I feel the best about here. Wow. We haven't even started on the other side with Kyler Murray and Ehrenberg is going full seven mode like that. That's some confidence and a half. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it just makes sense too, it though. Does. It does. Because it's of the players who are available to us, who is most impacted by the players who are out for the Packers. And I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers and his, his passing touchdowns in particular. So right. um, under two and a half, that's, that's just the line that would set, you know, early before we had news on the Packers wideout situation. So the fair line is probably one and a half there. Yeah, and we'll look at the, I would assume, positive impact that the absence of those two guys would have on Aaron Jones in a sec. But let's look at the other quarterback here. Similar numbers when you're looking at passing touchdowns and interceptions for Kyler Murray. So you're dealing with two and a half passing touchdowns and the half interception. Passing yardage is 275 and a half. Yeah, I think again a big number for passing touchdowns. Yeah, I think the the under for touchdowns is sensible. Not quite as strong of a play as the Aaron Rodgers one. I like the under for the for the passing yards as well. If I had to take a side on the interceptions, I would lean towards the over. As much as Kyler Murray's been great this year, he hasn't run the ball as often this year, which means he's throwing the ball more often, which also means more potential for mistakes. So as good of a year as Murray has had, he has at times had some interception issues and uh, he's thrown five interceptions so far this year in seven games. So it's a little more likely to throw an interception and not throw an interception. Uh, but still, I'm probably going to side with the under on the touchdowns here as well. I think that if we're going to expect that the Green Bay Packers are going to be running the ball a little bit more often and maybe their offense is going to struggle, there's not going to be as much of a need for the for the Cardinals to be throwing the football. So I think we could see Kyler Murray running a touchdown. I think we could see him look to get James Conner and, and, and Jake Edmonds more involved in the run game. So, you know, with all that in mind, I think once again, the the, the three touchdowns, that's a pretty lofty mark for, for Kyler Murray to get to. So it's an under for me, not quite as strong of a lean as the Rodgers under, but still Murray under, I think that's the one to go to here. Just 17 combined yards on the ground for Murray over the last three games. That doesn't even sound right. Yeah, it's it's well, it's a couple of things. Number one is he was injured towards the tail end of last season. I know he played through those games uh, with the injury, but still, I think it's something that weighs on them to where they're saying, hey, we're a 7-0 football team. They haven't had to run the ball with them a lot either. I, I suspect that if there was a spot where they were down 14 points in the fourth quarter, we, should, we could see Kyler Murray run more. But it just hasn't been necessary. He hasn't rushed for more than 40 yards in a single game this year. Like you said, the last three games, 10 rushing yards, six rushing yards, one rushing yard. He had rushing touchdowns each of the first three games of the season, has not had one since. And I think they're just trying to preserve the health of Kyler Murray and not forcing the run ball when they really don't have to in some of these games. Ryan Nelson, 0-2 on the chat, brings up what the odds are to go under two and a half pass touchdowns at a book. And I think this is just a great example of the difference of playing something like an over-under prop on No House Advantage, which is part of your entry, your seven picks here, versus having to lay 190 on one specific prop to win that. I mean, this is now... So especially because the confidence that you can have associated with it, if it's a number at a book or just how you feel from Greg to anybody laying down this prop, but it makes sense as far as the advantage, right? That you would have 
playing an under two and a half where it's not associated to a minus 190 or 200 on a book. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing to consider also is he, he, when he's talking about Kyler Murray, the under on his two passing touchdowns at minus 190, uh, that same book has the over-under for Aaron Rodgers touchdown pass just one and a half compared to the two and a half in no advantage. So uh, the under here, I think, certainly makes sense on both these guys. I feel better about the under on Aaron Rodgers, but still uh, a good lean on the under on Kyler Murray as well. All right, let's look at the wide receivers here. We'll, we'll bounce to the running backs and then tight end at the end because – Tunyon, and it, there's very well pathways, I, I think, to how guys can have targets or just volume with Devontae Adams out. Now, Alan Lazard is out, but he's technically in when you look at the list here. So don't play him because you're, you're not right, right? <laughs> you can expand on that. But all I'll say is don't play him because you're not going to get a push or a refund on anything. Yeah, so so the way that the lines work at no house advantage is if you do include a player who's not active in a game in your in your prop card, it just it just counts as a loss. So right. obviously you'd say, hey, this guy's set for 40 for 40 receiving yards. He isn't playing, therefore he's not gonna have 40, but still if the player's inactive, that counts as a loss. So you don't want to be playing any Devontae Adams or Alan Lazard. It doesn't matter if they're out there. Uh, it's essentially zero if you play them. Just one Packers wide receiver in the crew to pick from, and that's Randall Cobb. So the numbers are pretty low, Greg, but we're factoring in no Devontae. We're factoring in no Lazard as well. 30 and a half receiving yards for Randall Cobb, two and a half receptions for Randall Cobb. Maybe go over on the on the grabs there. It's an over on both of them. And I honestly don't have a lean. I think you I think you have a pretty good like 80% chance or so to hit the over on both of them. And I don't know which one I even think is more likely. It's, it's it's interchangeable to me. We have him projected for four for four point three catches. We have him projected for fifty five point two receiving yards. And it's like you said, there is no Lazard. There's no Devontae Adams. It's a big overarching talking point of this game. But this contest went up on no house advantage prior to news of those wideouts not being able to play in this game. So the the lines on Randall Cobb are just inaccurate. So whichever side you want to take, whether it be the catches or the receiving yards. I guess maybe there's a little more safety with the receptions, but to me, I think both of them should hit the overs. But very high confidence. This would be a, a six-point play for for Randall Cobb. Yeah, it's a small, subtle lean, but I, I could see them trying to get the ball in his hands if it's a quick pass, if it's a screen, if it's something, again, you're man down. So maybe that to help the receptions as opposed to relying on Cobb to do something. But again, the volume, four, four and a half, you said our projections have him, right, for receptions. That should be enough to get you 31 receiving yards. So totally in agreement with you there, especially since he's the only guy to choose from from the Packers. Now we have three when it comes to the Cardinals. And let's start with D-Hop. He does have the Q label next to him. He's playing, so there's no issue there. The number a little little high for DeAndre Hopkins, 75 and a half receiving yards, five and a half receptions, which on the flip side may seem a little low. Any lean on either of these? Uh, catch is probably pretty efficient. We've seen an overall dip in the amount that DeAndre Hopkins gets targeted this year. And number one, I think that has to do with that the Cardinals have been up a lot of games. It hasn't been those situations like last year where, hey, the Cardinals are sometimes down 14, 21 points. They have to throw the ball a ton. Just DeAndre Hopkins becomes you know, a vacuum for targets. We haven't seen that situation play out as much this year. So there hasn't been the ball being forced at the Hopkins in the same way. Also, there's A.J. Green in the mix, and he's played a big role in the offense. 
And then you also have to consider that Christian Kirk's played well this year. Rondell Moore is in the offense. He's been a really outstanding rookie. They just recently created for Zach Ertz. And there's a lot of guys to look at in the passing game here. And that's overall diminished the role of DeAndre Hopkins. So five and a half catches last year, that would have seen just like an asinine number to put out. This year, I think it's pretty efficient. The receiving yards, I would probably go under just slightly. We have projected for 64 yards, but it, it's a low confidence play. It's just one that I, I think is a little bit too high of a number, but nothing, nothing agrees. It's not like the Rogers numbers or the, or the Randall Cobb number. Let's move to Kirk because I, I think he is interesting. We'll end with AJ green here for the wide receivers, but Kirk, and, and just looking at what he's done over the past couple of weeks, it may be a little more difficult on the surface to get over the 50 and a half receiving yards. I don't know if you have a lean on that for Kirk for yards, but grabs, Five targets, eight targets, five targets. He's gone over three and a half in three straight games. So even if he's low on receiving yards, I would tend to think that the over on three and a half receptions would be a strong play. Uh, it's not for me. And okay. I mean, also the the projection we have is, I mean, it, we haven't projected for 3.51 receptions. So, I mean, we're, we're right on the mark with what this number is. And also just consider the game script here. We have the Cardinals team is now favored by a touchdown against the Packers. Had this been the situation earlier in the week where we were expecting a fully active, fully healthy Packers team, then you could say, oh, this game is going to be competitive. The Cardinals might have to throw a lot. I'm not sure they're going to have to in this game. And Christian Kirk still on the depth chart. You know, you can make a case that Hopkins, A.J. Green, Rondo Moore, Zach Ertz, these are all guys who could potentially get targeted more often than Christian Kirk. There's a lot of guys to go to. The number's right in line with our projections. So that's, that's going to be a stay away for me. All right, so either on both or just the receiving reception? No, for, for, for both. It's, it's, it's right in line with what we have projected. And, you know, this is a slate where a lot of times in these Thursday night games, we're kind of we're kind of looking at a lot of fairly efficient lines and we're trying to figure out like, okay, this one, there's a little bit of value to this one. There's a little bit of value. We have a lot of value on this slate. There's a whole lot of numbers look off relative to our expectations and certainly different than what we have projected. So I think that we could really focus on some of the ones we feel really confident in and some of these ones that are wishy-washy. We don't, we don't have to play them this week. Same numbers for AJ green, 50 and a half receiving yards, three and a half receptions. Yeah, it's going to be another stay away from me. If I had to pick one side of it, I would lean towards the over on receptions for AJ Green. But once again, it's, it's not one to. that we, it, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not one that we absolutely need. Right. His, his, his projections also, we do have a projected a little bit higher than Christian Kirk, which is something like if you're in a spot where, you know, let's, let's say we get to the, the end of this show and we need to fill out a one or two point play or whatever it may be. Then maybe it's like, okay, let's circle back on AJ Green and hit the over on the three and a half receptions. We haven't projected for 3.73, but once again, that's it's very close. It's a game that, like we were saying before, it's it's not the best game script in the world for the Cardinals to have to throw the ball a ton. Uh, so, so we look elsewhere with some of our props. All right, that absolutely. So we've cleared out the wide receivers by all means, especially with the backdrop of no Devontae Adams and no Alan Lazard. Let's move to the running backs and we can end with the tight ends because it's both sides actually have some interesting plays with, as you mentioned, the addition of Zach Ertz. And then also what happens with now two wide receivers being out for Robert Tunyon, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones on one end, James Conner, Chase Edmonds on the other. Let's start with Aaron Jones. The big one here, 70 and a half rushing yards. I was a little surprised to see this, Greg, especially, and, and I know that this was before the news of Devonte Adams being out, but even still, only a half rushing touchdown for Aaron Jones. 
Yeah, I think the biggest issue out with that 0.5 rushing touchdowns, though, is I do think he's maybe a little more likely to score touchdowns than he would be in other games. But at the same time, are the Packers, how much are the Packers going to be able to score? Right? I think they could have issues moving the ball up and down the field. Devontae Adams is such a big part of their offense. And now you're taking him out of the equation. The Cardinals have had a surprisingly good defense this year. I think the addition of J.J. Watt has certainly helped. So uh, at 0.5 rushing touchdowns, to me, I'd probably just kind of stay away from it. Now, Aaron Jones, and the other thing also to consider with Aaron Jones, I think he's probably just about as likely to catch a touchdown as he is to run for a touchdown. This is not 0.5 total touchdowns. This is 0.5 just rushing touchdowns. So that's something else that I think we have to consider here is if the number was 0.5 touchdowns for Aaron Jones, then I would take the over. But because this is specific to just a rushing touchdown, I would stay away from it. As for the rushing yards, the reason I'm going to take the under here is I do think we're going to see Aaron Jones more involved than he's been in in some previous weeks, just by necessity without Devontae Adams out there. But I think if this game plays true to the game script and the Packers are trailing late, it's probably going to be a little more work in the passing game than we normally see from, from Aaron Jones. So we haven't projected for 58 and a half rushing yards. And I think with that number, once again, kind of the same with the, with the rushing touchdowns. If we're looking at some sort of total yardage prop for Aaron Jones, I might be inclined to go with the over in that situation. But since we're just looking at rushing yards and this is a negative game script for the Packers to run the ball late, I'll take the under on the rushing yards. All right. So if you're going to go under on Jones rushing yards, Dylan is at 40 and a half. I know the number is significantly lower from what NHA has, but Dylan on NHA at 40 and a half, not that much lower from what we, we on Osimo have predicted projected part of me for Aaron Jones. So safe to say, if you were to make a play here, you'd go under this. Yeah, I, I would, I would also go with the under on AJ Dylan. It's, it's a lot of the same reason where yeah. if it's, it's the green Bay Packers, we don't know how much they're going to be looking to run the ball in this game because of the of the players who are out. And the other thing to consider when I say it's the Green Bay Packers is the, the running back situation. Just when you think Aaron Jones, the guy, A.J. Dillon gets more carries, then you think it's going to be, oh, A.J. Dillon's cutting into Aaron Jones' workload. A.J. Dillon barely sees playing time, barely gets touches. So that's something else that kind of makes me more inclined to just go towards the under on these running backs. Because in a worst-case scenario, I think it's fairly likely at least one of them hit. Uh, so I think there is a lot of safety in taking the unders on both of them. And we have the unders projected for both of them anyway. So give me the under on AJ Dillon's rushing yards. And I feel about similarly in terms of confidence I do with Aaron Jones. JJ Watt out. It looks like for Thursday night, officially with the shoulder injuries is that was hanging and lingering, but I don't know how much that would impact. It's not like, I think we need to go back and revisit an Aaron Rodgers prop as no. a result <laughs> of this. Right. No, so, not really. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, an individual player on defense, he certainly helped them. And I think he's been a big, uh, a big boost to their defense overall. But if you're to ask how many more points do the Packers score this week on average without JJ Watt in there, it's, I don't know, a 10th of a point or something. If they play this game a hundred times, maybe the Packers, instead of scoring, you know, I don't even know what their team total is off the time, but let's say instead of scoring 23 points, it's worth 23.1 points on average. So it's not anything where you have to overhaul the projections for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, make sure you take advantage of what we have going on here at No House Advantage and sign up. We're going to match your first deposit up to $25. You put $25 in. We're going to match that $50. You can jump in a bunch. Baseball's happening right now. World Series, also the NFL, as we continue to get you prepared for Thursday night football. You have the gigantic Sunday slate to mess around with as well. So take advantage of that. You put in $25. We match that. 25. Let's look at the Cardinals here. James Connor, Chase Edmonds. Let's start with Connor. 60 and a half rushing yards, and the half seems to be a theme here. Half rushing touchdown. 
very, very efficient numbers, uh, basically exactly what we have projected for them. And I'm kind of surprised that Donald's advantage came out with such with, with such strong line for James Conner, somebody who I figured would have been a little bit under projected, but we've seen these positive game scripts for the Cardinals running backs. He's been the guy they closed the game out with in fourth quarter. So if you absolutely had to take a side here, I would go with the over on rushing yards for James Conner. But once again, not enough confidence just to be one of the ones that I would put into my no house advantage lineup. We haven't projected for 61.11 rushing yards right now. All right, let's look at Chase Edmonds because, again, you can only choose one of the listed props for each and every player that we talk about. We're going to end with the tight ends coming up in a minute, but Edmonds has a number of 40.5 rushing yards, but 25.5 receiving yards. Either of those jump out at you. Did you say that the rushing number was 25.5? and a half rushing, oh, 25, yeah, 25 and a half receiving. All right, so I got I got them uh, mixed up there. Once again, these are numbers that I think are fairly accurate. Um, and maybe a slight lean towards the receiving numbers, even if we haven't projected well, just because once again, the game script, I think we're building a lineup that's going to correlate with itself overall. Uh, if we're looking at unders for, for passing yards, we're looking at, at unders for some of the for uh, um, um, uh, overs for Randall Cobb's receiving numbers. But in general, we're just kind of lower on the passing games as a whole. From that standpoint, I think it make a little bit of sense to go to the Chase Edmonds under on receiving yards. But once again, not one that I feel super confident. He's also a player who's capable of making a big play happen at any point in time in the game. And it can only take one reception to get over. Uh, so I don't know where we're at in terms of filling out a lineup if we need to pick one. I'm kind of looking at the board we have here over on my other screen. Right. We have... Um, I'm trying to remember how many we took. I don't even remember at this point. But if we oh, have we to have take a, one at some... If we, we have, have a couple left. One, you're oh, not you're was, not compelled. We have we have two guys that I think might provide some value at the tight end position before we get out of here. So I don't want you to have to lock into something until you've seen it all. You did that at the start. You locked yourself into the seven with Rogers. I'm happy I did that. Though. That was that was a good one. That was a good one to do. I agree. Yeah, In hindsight, you were a thousand percent correct. Yeah. All right. You talk me out of it. We'll move on. From okay. There's no real lean there. All right, now you can come back to that. I'll leave you a minute or so. All right, let's look at Robert Tunyon first, and then we'll end with Zach Ertz. 30 and a half receiving yards, just two and a half receptions in a game that doesn't have Lazard and Adams. Greg, I like going over there. Any interest? Yep, I'm on, I'm on the same page as you. Aaron Rodgers has to throw the ball to somebody. Right. And, I mean, the, the the guys who I think we could feel most confident is probably going to be Randall Cobb and Robert Tunyon. Uh, you know, Marcus Valdez Scantling is has been has been dealing with injuries the entire year. There's a chance he plays this week, but we don't know in what capacity, and also we, we don't know how he's going to look coming off a long injury. So I think the two options we have to feel most confident in would be Randall Cobb and Robert Tunyon in the Packers receiving game. So uh, Robert Tunyon, I'm going to take the over on the receptions, and I agree with you. That's one that I think we feel pretty confident with. Staying away from the receiving yards, too much, uh, too volatile. No, I think I think that's a good over also. It's just I feel okay. better about the receptions. Got it. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. 35 and a half receiving yards, three and a half receptions for Zach Ertz. Uh, you know, I'm going to take the under on, I like the under on both of them. Again, really? More okay. Towards the under on the catches. Uh, it's, it's, it's still a situation with Zach Ertz where, I mean, you know, from your time in Philly and also Mike, who's, uh, producing yes. on a show that I've been for the first time and knew he's a Philly guy. Also. Cornered by Philadelphians here. Yeah, and so Zach Ertz does not have the have the best track record of of staying healthy. And I get that he's been healthy so far this year, but he only played six games last year. He uh, he, he played uh, no, he played eleven games last year. He's dealt with 
you know, a whole bunch of injuries. And he's also fast over the age of 30 at this point in his career. And you just kind of worry about a guy like him playing on a short week. They just played on Sunday. Now they're going to be playing on Thursday night. And still, it's, it's a new situation for him. His first game with the team, he caught, he had three catches for 66 yards. One of them did go for a 47-yard touchdown. In general, though, I just don't know what his, his rapport is really going to look like with Kyler Murray with just one game under the belt together so far. So I'm going to lean towards the under on receptions there for Zach Hurts. All right. Want to go back to Chase, or are you all set? I think I think we went. I think we found seven that we like, and we've absolutely, gotta, we've got to move on the YouTube show. We've got the YouTube channel. We've got a gazillion shows on the channel. I'm, I'm not right here now. to hold anything up, man. I know you are a man of efficiency. When the clock hits the right time to bail, that's when Greg Ehrenberg hits the abort button. I'm I'm all for it, brother. Uh, <laughs> all right, we appreciate everybody hanging with us again. Thanks to Mike, awesome yo on the chat here for producing. Thanks to Greg. You could follow him at G Ehrenberg DFS at Shander show to me, take advantage of that promo code, $25 you put in and we're going to match it at no house advantage. And thanks to NHA. We'll be back next week. Get you ready for the next Thursday night football game. Have a great night.